1: Follow us on Instagram at FromTheShadowsPodcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar at YouTube and put FromTheShadowsPodcast. And please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network. And we can be found there at com. We are still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast. ...and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows Podcast family. So with that being said, let's get this episode started. Now I'm going to turn you over to your host shane grove hey everyone shane grove here and
2: i want to let you guys know that my book series from the shadows is available on amazon and amazon kindle there are three different books available there's volume one and volume two return of the lizard man and then there's a special screenplay edition which includes both volume one and volume two in screenplay format so if you're a big fan of bigfoot Lizard Men, Conspiracy Theories, The X-Files, and Mysterious Men in Black. I urge you to go and check out these books. And if you like them, you know what? Please leave me a great review. And if you don't like them, I apologize. So anyway, check them out. And if you really want an autographed copy, message me through from the Shadows Podcast. And I'll see what I can do. Thanks. Enjoy the episode.
0: Those, you had to know these guys because we all played <laughs> basketball together. We were a really super tight-knit group of guys, and we just roasted each other on just the, just the littlest things. And, and the thing about it was once we got a hold of something that we can make fun of you about. <laughs> we still do to this, to this day. day. I mean, we're talking 30 years later. Yeah. We still make fun of people for things that they did. So yeah. that was one of those things. And we talk about this a lot that if that happened today, if I was 16 years old, and I have it today. Be I totally would. Different. It'd be totally different yeah. because, look, cryptozoology and Bigfoot—it's yeah. mainstream. It it was there was nothing stream about it back then. Yeah, and I mean, I was into that
2: stuff, and I still, at that point in time, I mean, I might have been interested, like, oh, that's kind of cool, but I still don't. You know, we—you didn't think anything was going like that in Ohio, right? You know, there was no, there was like no I didn't even
0: know that there story. were Bigfoot in Ohio. Yeah. I thought Bigfoot was something that was out west or, or down south. So let's get back to yeah, wait
3: a minute though. You wish you would have seen a Bigfoot that night. I mean, what you saw was like on a whole nother level of like, nope. Yeah,
0: now, I'm
2: not. I'm, I'm not there. Really. There's no way that thing is uh, biologically that that a dog man running around. There's no edge. Well, that doesn't fit anything biological. Yeah, I'll give I, you that. That doesn't make so sense. So I think you're. I think you're not going to get your wish on that. I think that that Dang is it. something.
3: Darn it all. That's,
2: that's uh, something that's going but, in between dimensions or
3: But Judge, did you when you told your friends that next night in the garage, you told the whole thing as far as so you left out the the interdimensional dogman coming out of the corn, right. but right. did you tell them how you were so scared that you jumped a fence, you went oh, into yeah. the Oh yeah. Pool. yeah. The
0: whole the yes.
3: whole thing. The wow. Whole thing. Oh yeah. Jeez.
2: Oh yeah. I'm yeah that story, that story has not change i mean that everything but you know him admitting that he saw something none of that has changed And
3: oh yeah I mean, no i, I 30 was 35 years now. yeah i wasn't yeah, questioning that years. i was just wondering if because yeah. that you know i think that that part once you you know once you you thought about the tree but you couldn't get up the tree so you kept running and you knew okay my friend's house is down there i think that the part of the story that really got to be was finally when you jumped the fence, and you just dove in the pool and you right. let all the air out of your lungs and you were just w- you know looking at this shimmery you know surface, yeah. waiting to see the hulking figure of this darn thing. That right. was terrifying.
2: Oh, when you got to mean, that part,
3: something. I was like, <laughs> that is just horrifying,
2: right? And, and that's so, the part we roasted him oh, the most about. We're like, uh, like, you jump in the pool, in the pool over nothing?
0: Like oh, over a deer?
3: You, yeah. God, you Judge. Yeah. I, I'll together. tell
0: you that the thing about it is, and, and I'm not a great swimmer. And so, you know, you blow all your air out in that pool. I mean, Smitty's pool, was 10 feet deep. It was, it was yeah. deep. It was yeah. deep. And you're sitting, yeah. I'm sitting on the bottom and just blow all the air out and I'm plugging my nose. Cause I, and I just keep looking up thinking, my gosh. And the thing about it is I don't know what I would have done if it would have been sitting on the side of the pool. I, mean, right. I kind of, I kind of boxed myself in by diving in the water, but I didn't know what else to do. You right. know, that
2: would be a great scene in a horror movie
0: where you're sitting oh.
2: down there, and the next thing you see this snout into in the, the water
0: and lap up <laughs> some water like it's thirsty. But you know, the thing about it was, at at the time, when I dove into the pool, I was convinced that it was right on my heels. I was convinced that it was right behind me. And so, I did not think that I had time to try to grab a door handle, open a door handle, run in the house, and shut the door. Right. I, at, at the time, just instinctually, my gut reaction was just dive in the water. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, some dogs could...
3: don't like water. I mean, you yeah, can see them. They're very terrifying. So. Yeah.
0: So, but whatever. I mean, I, and to this day, people have asked me, well, do you think it really did chase you all the way to the house? I have no idea. You don't know. No, idea. right. I don't but, know. but
3: you know what? All that mattered was that you weren't sure if it was or not. So you had to go full. Right.
0: right. That's all right. that mattered. All out. So you had some questions. We're back to the question. Shoot, okay.
3: Yes. So I think one of the top ones, which maybe I didn't ask you this. And if I didn't, I should have. I probably should have just listened to the, the end of it before I hopped on. But a lot of them just said, well, did he run that particular road again? Or do you run now?
0: Well, the arthritis says, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But I did. I I actually. And so do I. So that was actually a good question. And one of the the person from Wes's podcast asked me, I did run that, but I waited until the corn had been harvested and I ran with my buddy. Mm -hmm. I never ran at night again. And I, and for years, I wouldn't run by cornfields. I mean, that's one of the things that I didn't do. I just didn't run by cornfields, like routes that I would plan. If I was going to go out for a training run, um, I didn't want to run by cornfields. I I didn't, I didn't want to do it because there's always that what's lurking in there. But yeah, I waited until they had harvested the corn and I'll tell you what though. And I still, and I still only did it during the day. But when you get down to Flickinger Road, and the thing about it is my buddy was with me, and I didn't want to say, "Hey, man, I think there's this creature lurking in them woods. I think we need to be really right. careful." Yeah. But there's something, you know what? There's something about the there's something about the daylight. You know what I mean? There's always something. It's kind of like this. You know, like you wake up in at night and you've had a nightmare, right? You've had this nightmare. And you you you're you're scared to go to the refrigerator and get that drink because you think whatever was in your nightmare is going to jump from the shadows. But during the but soon as morning comes and the light shines in, for some reason you're just like, well, did it really happen? I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it was. But I don't think I I bet I haven't been down that road on foot more than t- three times since that happened. That
2: was that's, why we, that's why we were going to go do it. Just rip the band-aid off. That's yeah, cool.
0: sure. Oh, I wish I
3: was <laughs> next there for question. that. I would yeah. love to be there for that. Well, you know, do well, you do we're you think plan that
2: it for next year? So, oh know. well,
3: after all this stuff going on, I think we all need a break. So if if <laughs> Temple Road is my break, that would be amazing, uh, <laughs> and to meet you guys would be awesome as well. But I mean, do you think that if you sure. were, you know, if you were one of these uh, power walkers, or uh, you were you know on a long stretch of a break after a hard part of your run do you think that it even would have been a thing would you even you know be the dog man on temple road guy
0: well so so the question is if it would have came out and killed me i mean you know obviously i wouldn't be around to tell the story and they probably never found my body but i'm not sure that was the question you were asking
3: no, just like if you – do you think the running, you know, is you know, what triggers I, I think, the whole
0: thing? And it could be because once again, you, you know, you go back to this is it a biological creature thing and and obviously it. I'm sure it probably caught my scent because keep in mind there, there would – there's no reason at that time for any person to be out there on foot. So There's no reason and it probably – it probably in hindsight, probably, you know, caught it off guard that there was something out there. It caught my scent and it followed me and it paced me, seeing what I was doing. Um, or as one person suggested, it, it caught my scent. So the, So the one guy thinks when I left my house, started down Temple Road it knew I was there and that there were other members of the pack that knew I was there and so they waited for me to be coming back and this one dog man was funneling me towards the pack that this was going to be an ambush attack Mm. because and, and the reason why this this guy and I've told this this guy he had hunted wolves in Minnesota and Canada and he said look dog you know a wolf is not going to come out and attack you one-on-one if you were bigger than it or you're the same size of it because it would be fearful that if it got injured in a big fight it would not be able to run with the pack it would get left behind and so anytime you know like if a wolf's going to attack a rabbit or something like that you know piece of cake they'll they'll attack that solo but a bigger larger animal you know like an elk a moose you know something bigger if you ever watch they're going to run it and get it tired and then they'll attack it as as a pack and so this guy's theory was that this thing was pacing me was pushing me because from my scent they would have known where i came from they would have known which direction i was going to turn anyways because they would treat you know my scent and that they were waiting to ambush ambush me with it with a group of them that's his theory so i'm not saying that that's what was going to happen? But that's one of the theories: is that they travel in packs. That they're not like, you know, m- most wolves, coyotes. They travel in packs. They're not solitary animals. Ironically,
2: though, today you'd be a much better meal for a pack.
1: Oh
3: my! I'm just going to not say
0: anything. Jason, do you want to jump in and roast me as well? <laughs> <laughs> no. Jason, where I you at, buddy? I'm just trying
1: to maintain the the noise factor over here, and I'm just enjoying the interview. Oh, I just
2: don't know how a pack of dog meant. You weighed like 150 pounds back then.
0: Like, you just made him hungry. It oh, was, was, he was he order pack <laughs> an order of.
3: I an order So you got
0: any other questions? So
3: I do. I'm sorry, but here I go with the train yeah. off the tracks. I mean, so the whole interdimensional being, you know, I'm not laughing or poo-pooing that at all, but I'm just saying. If it is that much of a higher being, why would it even need a pack? Why couldn't it just come out and annihilate you by
0: itself? Oh, I, I mean, oh, it could have. I mean, and I, I, I said this to somebody, I think, I don't know, it Was maybe it was talking to Linda. But I couldn't fight off a 50-pound pit bull. If yeah. a 50-pound pit bull attacked right. me, I couldn't fight that thing off. It'd kill me. This thing was six foot tall, heavier than me, and I weighed 150 pounds. So, no, I couldn't have fought this thing off. It would, There would not have been – it wouldn't have been much of a contest whatsoever. I just think
3: yes. it's – I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Well, I'm just saying
2: that, I mean, I think that um, it, especially like talking to, talking to Linda about the whole interdimensional being kind of thing is that they're not really here to – eat us, you know, they're here to, you know, they're here to feed, they're here to breed or, or whatever, and they're just kind of, when they do show,
1: um,
2: you know, maybe it wasn't chasing him to eat him, it was chasing him to get it out of its t- territory. It was sort observing me? I don't Obser- know. You know, and that's kind of, you know, I mean, if you could travel through another dimension, yeah, you know, why would you come here and eat some
0: skinny kid on Temple Road? Maybe because... You know? They don't have that delicatessen on that
1: side of it. Right. <laughs> uh, no? okay. uh-huh. Don't you remember that? <laughs> don't <laughs> don't, don't uh, you remember that old, that old, like,
0: or, that, that old sci-fi uh, for the eighties uh, where the aliens came to, to serve to, man? Yeah, they, they came that, to serve man. To serve well, that like was. That.
3: I'm that sorry, but that was the audio bite of the entire episode. They don't have that. <laughs> yes,
2: they don't have that. They uh, don't you're, like you're the tender Vittles.
3: Just tender yes. morsel. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Did you, <laughs> you see know, but, me back
3: then, please, girl?
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, but I, I mean, just, Jay Cutler had nothing.
3: Though, oh, boom! It, um, dropping them. Dropping yes. them. No, but it, it's just interesting to me because the wolf thing is interesting. That that analogy of the pack and how they biologically need to, you know, how they think and how they execute what they need to do to hunt but it's just interesting to me that it, if it is this higher being again not poo-pooing any of that i'm just saying it would be interesting if they were tethered to those same thoughts if that's what they were you
4: know you know that, what's
0: interesting is you know Wes. west brought this up to me and i'd never heard this before and, and he said that you know the whole dog man sightings date all the way back to sumerian culture which is you know, the cradle of civilization in the Mesopotamia area. Right. It predates Egyptian civilization. And that basically, you know, the way I described it was I thought, I, you know, the Egyptian god Anubis. That was the only way I could best describe it. And he said that basically the Egyptians lifted the whole concept of Anubis from the Sumerians and that Anubis was the was basically a interdimensional god to the underground. And so, therefore, and if you think about that, this is, I think, Wes's thing is, you think about that, the Sumerians saw these things as being interdimensional type things. And so, the Egyptians picked up on that. And the Sumerians didn't have podcasts. They did that not. Idea No, they
3: did, not. They, tr-
0: they did not. They did not. They were
3: way behind.
0: Yeah, so, I, I mean, I guess that kind of fits in with that interdimensional thing. But, But if it was... A, so if this is a godlike creature from that has been around for many thousands
2: of years in right. our in, man, in you know whatever man's history on mm-hmm. Earth, I mean, a god would not stoop to the level of you know just killing somebody, would
0: it? Well, yeah. I mean, you I could. Mean, you, but see, Grover, you're, you're trying to you're trying to you know use Christian you know, Judeo-Christian religion. You go back to pagan gods. Pagan gods were always demanding sacrifices and things like that. But they wouldn't. I mean, they demanded somebody's sacrifice well, maybe to them. Like, well, I don't know. I that. mean, what... But you go back Go back to the pagans and you go back to Norse and stuff like that. They always believed that there were gods in, in rivers and streams. And if you went there, like well, a what I'm babies, saying, though, is, is the, the god would be too noble to go and I
2: don't know. do the killing itself. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, yes. No, I don't know i'm imagining jason, you guys just
3: wanting to you're having well, this discussion and you can't really turn to each other because your earbuds are so close well, like you, you're just kind of yeah, well actually
1: the uh pagan right gods the pagan gods were uh more vicious than that and they would strike you down
0: that's why we have jason here's the super producer he is our expert in mythology and paganism Is he? I didn't know that. I thought he didn't read his curriculum, (laughs) VT. And now you know. I thought he just knew
2: how to run the (laughs)
0: Skype. I didn't know it. We are
3: learning a lot tonight, guys.
1: Yes, we are. Hey, so
3: I have a quick question. Um, So, you know, wouldn't that run exactly in line with basically what I saw? Because, I mean, it's kind of this thing where I'm saying I'm, I'm glimpsing something from another world and kind of why me and I don't really know that it really meant anything but did it maybe it did but it probably didn't you know it's kind of that inner turmoil of why mm-hmm. me you know um, and and does it boil down to just the fact that the judge was running you know is it that simple or is it more than just that? pure
2: coincidence yeah well and and you hear and you know and, and see Wes is similar to Jay Cutler that we just keep mentioning him on this. I'll uh, cut you in. I'll cut you. uh, But, uh, but there's but there's a lot of stories about that I hear when I'm I'm listening to Sasquatch Chronicles that got people out running, and there's something pacing them in the you know in the woods or in the field or or whatever. So it's not. It seems like that maybe
0: that is something. That they just do. You well, know? you know, that, that's what? what... I mean, when I was talking to Wes off the record, you know, we were talking about this and he said, oh, by the way, your story's not that unique. Now, the whole story of jumping in the pool and stuff is... But being paced in the woods and things like that is very common that these things do. They will follow you. They pace you. Um, and I was like, really? He's like, oh, yeah. There's tons of stories. There. Which which does... I mean, we come. it seems silly because in every...
2: Every story, they're super fast, super strong. Right. They could, like you said, they could just come out and hey, totally they annihilate snatch, you yeah. anytime they want, or chase you down. I mean, you're not running away from them. No, I'm not. You're never. You know? Yeah. So I mean, you're not gonna outrun. So there has, so there has to be something to that. That they're just, you know, that, they, that your story about the pacing isn't the first.
0: Well, you know. but the th- also thing is, you look at David Pilates and you start talking about missing four one one. And you say, well, listen, maybe not every dog, man, and Bigfoot encounter where they're being paced ends with the guy ripping open the door and catching his buddy watching the Playboy channel. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you thankfully I mean?
3: you got in there, okay?
0: Yes, but but that's my point. There's, you know, you look at the national parks and the, the, the missing 411 So, How many people go missing, and they're, I mean, they don't find anything. They don't find no clothing. They don't find their gun. They don't find... Their backpack, they don't find anything, and are those people that were being paced also, and they just didn't get away. I See, understand. my thinking is, if I would have had, it, it, suppose I would have had three miles to go. Now the road didn't, it didn't, it it wasn't that way. But suppose I'd had two more miles to go, would this thing have paced me for two more miles, or would it have finally had enough and said, okay, I'm going to come out and confront me? Yeah.
3: Okay. Um, I have a question for Jason real quick, if I may. Sure. Uh, So, you know, for going off, you know, Anubis and this timeless creature that has been, you know, and and God that has been written about, and then taking it and comparing it to the modern, quote unquote, modern dogman as we know it. And we know the dogman is highly aggressive, um, more so in your face than most, not all, but most at the Bigfoot encounters, Is there any reference to the fact that, you know, the god Anubis or anything tied to way back when that we if we're going off that vein, is is there a similarity there as far as aggressiveness and this kind of in your face motions with it?
1: Well, my studies have come up with is um, actually the, the Anubis god was more associated with extraterrestrials than it actually was with uh um dogs on this planet but mm-hmm. um and it was more more of a supernatural it 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 had powers it was more supernatural so therefore that's how it was looked upon as being a god but um more like um when we have, um, like the modern day dog man, when I'm referring to, like I say, a werewolf or something like that, how it's more visceral, it's, uh, it's uh, more animalistic and everything. Uh, that, that's what I was thinking about originally when the judge first told me about his encounter with the dog man. And then he described it and said, "Well, it kind of looked like Anubis." And so I was thinking, like, "Well, okay, then." Mm. Um, so, well, Anubis that goes that goes a little further back than the uh, ancient Egyptian god Anubis, and it always tied into something that possibly could uh, be from another world. Um, so it's 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 really um, it's really hard to say uh, which mm. one he was referring to, but. It's it's. The interesting uh, thing is mm -hmm. in
0: Egyptian culture, though, Jason. Yes. Um. They they said that basically Anubis oversaw the mummification of people, and that he was the one that judged the worthiness of a person's soul in the afterlife.
1: And he would smite a person down too. So he was was very vicious, and he demanded. He also demanded a sacrifice.
0: I think they actually the Egyptians like sacrificed like 8 million dogs at one time. Oh, I guys. didn't know what the number was, but oh. yeah, it was didn't they worship uh, yeah. cats?
1: Yes. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yes. Don't you have to get rid of the dogs to worship cats? Guess guess there was
3: no no pita back then, huh? <laughs> you know, I never thought
1: about it like that. You know, you got to get rid of the dogs in order to worship yeah. the cats. Uh, I actually ultimate, find that humorous. Yes, yeah, well,
0: I, I I do remember that originally the egyptians that anubis was the god of the dead and the underground and then he got into what somewhere like around the 5th dynasty or something like that in egyptian culture anubis lost that status and he was replaced by osiris so mm-hmm. it originally so, so then it makes sense because sumerian culture would So have maybe placed- the dog so maybe anubis was looking for osiris
2: and came to be cyrus Oh, oh my goodness! It was
0: to reclaim the title. <laughs> so there's there, there's just some some folklore, but but you know the thing uh. is we talk about this all the time, Shannon, is that with folklore, there's almost always some element of truth to these stories, and and maybe stories mm-hmm. change over hundreds of years, but there's always some factual basis to every folklore story.
3: Yeah, so. and I, I really think that, you know, it boils down to we could probably answer this with a little John Keel and just say everything is ultra terrestrials, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Boom. Yes. There we
3: go. We can when shut you, it all down.
2: You uh, say that, but John Keel has not figured out. Think about that that someday the story about you on Temple Road will become folklore. <laughs> <After>. <laughs> think about that. Think <laughs> about that.
4: That's right.
2: Folklore. After we're all gone. So is there so is there any okay so so more dog man talk yes all right yes I got because I have another question for Shannon so we'll get through the dog get through the dog okay
3: more 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 dog stuff here okay so one of my Patreons John he said uh, to the judge of course have you heard of any other sightings in that area since your encounter and I'm assuming he means specifically the dog man
0: yes so interesting Mansfield which is really not very far from us. That's where Jason is. That's where Jason is right now. About 25 miles, actually. There's a a chapter in one of Linda Gottfried's books where she talks about there was a trailer park in Mansfield, and there were multiple eyewitnesses that saw two bipedal German shepherd-looking creatures come at night and was was feeding, digging in the dumpsters. And, you know, people came out and saw them, and they ran, and when they ran, they ran on two legs— and that all the eyewitnesses all said the same thing, looked like a German Shepherd's, there were two of them, and they heard a clicking sound when they ran. Well, that is a common, that clicking sound is a is a common dysplasia in dogs that happens. That I can't remember, I don't know exact words for it, but that, those were seen multiple times, and it was this, the exact same thing. Now, coincidentally, then after I was on your show Shannon I got an email that you forwarded to me I think there was a lady that um, who was living on Quaintance Road at the time which Quaintance Road is very close to Temple It's Road. the next mile south. Yeah so it's very close yeah. and at about that exact same time frame she was home alone she had a couple Doberman Pinchers and they were her watchdogs and anything that came near that yard or came near her house. House, They were barking and they were they were the typical Doberman that you'd see, you know, garden junkyard in the 80s movies. Right. Well, one night she had this eerie feeling that there was something out back of her house and the dogs just absolutely whimpered and tried to hide. And the dogs themselves were just terrified. And she just had this overwhelming feeling, kind of like I had. With that whole, I, you know, I described my spider senses went off, you know, before the actual encounter that I had that night with that dogman. And so it was almost the exact same time frame and almost the exact same location. So, you know, Grover and I think that whatever was outside her house that night was probably the exact same thing that was, was following me that night.
4: Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And um, another member of the podcast, Alyssa. Lisa, Yeah, Elisa, sons, that's true. Elisa um, actually did some research um, after the judge told his story on our podcast, or maybe it was before. Whatever. She actually knew this before. Knew it before. <clears throat> and there, during that same time period, north of, of where the judge had his experience, there were, like, stories going around about farmers seeing what they called devil dogs. Yep. that were attacking their livestock. Now, we're talking mid to late, you know, 80s. Mid-80s, 80s, yep. yes. I, so I remember hearing no, about the devil, dog. So, there was no, you know, so those stories only traveled around because the farmers right. talked to each other about it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't on Facebook. It wasn't on Twitter. There was no, right. you know, nobody t- nobody talking about it. It was just the farmers themselves yep. uh, having sheep or you
4: know what they describe? yeah what they
0: describe as devil yeah. dogs but when i saw this thing the way its posture was the way its shoulders rolled forward it looked to me like it was probably going to drop and run on all fours like if it chased me it was not going to chase me on two legs it was going to chase me on all four so what we've deduced is what these farmers saw was probably this thing when it was on all fours chasing their livestock. Yeah, so, no, no, so their description
3: we, would be in line with something like that. Like your dog yeah. man being on all fours. That's how big yep. it would be. Yep.
0: That's kind of the, the whole devil dog that see, they the way they described it, because it was on all fours and it had that dog head it looked like a dog. Look like a giant dog.
4: Right. And
0: they and they could tell there was something supernatural about it because of how big it was it was way bigger than a normal dog, and so they associated devil dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they called it. From what we understand, they call them devil dogs just
2: because it was well, didn't seem normal. I don't think a farmer in the mid '80s in North Central Ohio would have ever said anything was paranormal or supernatural. Right. You know, and in we think like we have a terrible coyote population around here in right. these parts now. Oh But yeah. we didn't back then.
0: We didn't back no. then. I mean um, I'd know, never even heard of yeah. coyotes not in this near, in our part back in the 80s. Not, yeah. So it's, so I I don't
2: I don't it's not out of the question that maybe some of the stuff that those farmers saw and we don't have you know and we would have gladly checked them out cuz we'd have known probably half those farmers. half those farmers just from because it was all in our yeah, I mean
0: small community we would we call it, our,
2: it was in our school district right. basically these uh along these roads where these people live, they're probably most of
0: them. Oh, I'm sure they are. But that goes back to she and that these are biological creatures.
1: Right. Okay, I'd like to interject uh, about that. Now, I'm more comfortable with a theory similar to that, whether it's a devil dog or or something uh, that would be akin to, like, say, a wolf man, something that's more visceral and more animal, pack-like. I'm more comfortable with that. Than than trying to say uh, call it uh, you know saying it, it was a god or, or something we're not like
2: here, that. We're not here for your comfort. Gene.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying because uh, by, by my studies, I really do not think Anubis would have attacked him like that. He would not be out on a hunt if you want to call it a he at that.
3: He's above that. Okay? Yes,
1: exactly. I mean that was that's been my only problem is I didn't want to reference this thing as an Anubis. Now, as a devil dog or something like that, a creature, uh, yeah. But um, if you do some research on the quote unquote god of Anubis, um, no, he. It, I he think we not...
2: already established he's on. He lost his status as a
0: god. And now he's slumming it. Yeah, he's Osiris. Slumming <laughs> <in Osiris. laughs>
4: okay. I was he's thinking sorry. that same yeah. word. He's, he's slumming
2: it with the
0: judge. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean he couldn't do know...
2: Osiris some and he's still trying to figure out who Jay Cutler is. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. He definitely is. He's like, what's his thermal image? I'm buffer thing and that guy. Um, you know, I have an idea you guys could just you know, put up a poster of Anubis with have you seen me with your number on it and see what comes up, you know?
0: There you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I could probably tell you how that would turn out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Shane, did
0: you have one more question that you said?
3: Yeah. Oh, and hey, by the way, just before we forget to mention this, I think it's important. If anyone wants to go back and listen to your episode on Into the Fray, it's uh, episode 185, Dogman on Temple Road. You can hear the judge on there with me. That was a wonderful episode. But, uh, Yeah, so the next question was from Maynard. And this one is actually in reference to a more recent episode of Into the Fray, which is episode 252. And it was entitled Redbird with uh, author B.A. Crisp. I had her on. And this is actually, now I don't know for sure, this is something that he said should be not too far from uh, that area where you had your sighting. And maybe you guys, the second I mention it, you'll know. But it's called Plum Brook Station, and yeah. it it is in Ohio, and it's something that BA talked about where a lot of strange things went on there, possible, like, uh, nuclear testing, and then all of a sudden, this whole place was evacuated. They left the pens, the chairs, they just left, which is very strange, and then a lot of people started to get sick, which, I mean, maybe it's not hard to guess what was going on there. And now, which she recently sent me pictures, is actually NASA has moved in to Plumbrook Station. It's still named the same thing. So, I think maybe yeah, it's it's
0: not that just... far from us. It's, it's, uh, in Cleveland. It's Well, it says, it says Erie County.
1: No, it's in Sandusky. It's on Route 250. It's in Sandusky. It oh, yeah, I see Jason.
3: So, how far would that be from, from where you're siding with?
1: Uh, it's oh. about... Where, where we're at right now, or from Bruce Cyrus?
3: From, yeah, from where he had uh, the, the Anubis sighting.
1: Oh, I'd say uh, about maybe an hour and 20, 25 minutes away. Oh, uh, not that long. Oh, yeah, well, because so the way you have Sandus- to come up, if you take Route Sandusky, 4 up to Sandusky, then you got to go over. Sandusky is at about yeah. 45
3: He's minutes, like, the way you drive, yeah, it'd be an hour <laughs> and a half.
2: Sandusky yeah. is uh, about forty-five minutes from Bucyrus, from the road that the, the judge had decided. So, which,
0: which but if minutes. if you oh okay, but where he had to say, if okay. you look right. at Sandusky, so if you look where Sandusky is, okay, and then you look where Temple Road is. Temple Road is four or five miles outside of Bucyrus, going north towards Sandusky. A dog man, a bigfoot, a predator, could easily traverse that area. And never be seen because the oh, amount of. Sandusky. Wood, river. Oh, you could just follow yeah, the Sandusky River. And get there You follow the Sandusky River. I mean, yeah. Right? River. I mean yeah. yeah, I mean, it would very easily, very easily be able to traverse that area and just go through woods, cornfields, riverbeds, and no one would ever see it.
3: Uh, yeah, I just think he was kind of just hinting that, you know, Maybe there was a tie in there because there was a lot of weird stuff going on at that place. And uh, I actually meant to send you guys this uh, yesterday when I got this message just so you can look over it. But it might be something to look at in the future, like as a, a group, mm-hmm. like all of us, because and you can go back and listen to that episode. But there is a lot of weird stuff going on at that Plum Brook station. So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it's not Maybe it's not. Yeah.
0: Maybe they, maybe yeah, maybe they have through. another CERN. Going maybe, on, there. maybe maybe that some
2: just got out of the cage. Yeah, <laughs> whatever they were working on got out of the cage. It wants
3: a tender morsel.
1: <laughs> it sits way you know, off yeah. the road. I mean, you can you can see it, but uh, it's it sits quite a ways off the road.
3: Yeah, so at some point
0: you do a field investigation going up there. Yeah, <laughs> you
3: can find another yourself. another hole in the fence. Uh, I remember her talking about she went through a hole in the fence when she was a kid, and. And it, it it should have behest me to look at the year because that would have tied in probably better. I apologize. I'll send that to you guys uh, once we're done. But, you know, if you find a hole in the fence, like she did, she went in and she got, like, full-on, like, guards in her face screaming, like, what are you doing in here? You need to get out now. This is restricted. So they didn't, it was like no muss, no fuss back then, especially. Right. So who knows? It could be nothing, no tie-in, but uh, that's what Maynard was kind of wondering. So maybe it was something to put on the on like the radar.
0: Yeah, the time frame of that. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah I'll look that up. I am um, sure that she mentioned that uh, early on in the interview, so
2: So so she she and another uh, I just want to kind of how many episodes are you in to your podcast?
3: Uh let's see. Tomorrow will be episode 2. Oh gosh, 258, I believe.
2: 258. Okay. Mm. So I I got I, got, I got just a couple questions. What what one episode other than the judges we've already established is, is the number one of all time <laughs> oh
3: gosh that's so mean what? to ask you know I,
2: well, that's so I'll mean
3: to, say, it's like what's your who, which one is your favorite you, child
2: not your i'm not going to i'm not going to phrase it as what's your favorite but okay. what story really stands out to you like like absolutely 100% you really are by, by that story and blew you away blew you away and you and you want to go out and investigate that story
3: I don't think it's so much uh I want to go out and investigate I'm hoping that it comes to investigate me or or uh, This is about J- <laughs> <laughs> You got me um, no actually it was um it was my episode titled Robert uh, which it, it begs the question that it may have actually been uh, as silly you do as a it robert sounds doll? no
0: actually saying, we can't even talk about him without asking permission to yes. talk about yeah,
3: him yeah yeah and again yeah we if, if cuz i kind of giggled after i you know you mentioned that so we should say we're sorry for giggling sorry robert and,
1: sorry robert, robert we apologize robert
3: utmost respect
1: we didn't mean it uh, robert
3: <laughs> no we were not speaking about you We think you were amazing And you, you just be safe down there You know with anything going on the keys uh, No so the episode Robert was uh, A guy that came on the show Who back when he was He was still underage But he admitted they went down to Florida For spring break And you know a whole bunch of them And they had didn't have a lot of money So they had to stay in this kind of crappy hotel down there in Florida in uh, panama city i think and this guy shows up at their hotel and knock 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 hey can i party with you guys they're like no problem you know it's a bunch of them whatever it's more the merrier and the guy's just weird like he just gives off this weird vibe and nick my interviewee says that during the very first night during a card game This man who had named himself as Robert looked over at him and everything about him within seconds had changed like physically. I mean, Robert, his, uh, the bone structure in his face had changed. His hair had receded and changed color, his eye color, uh, everything about him had changed and he went outside because he was freaked out. And the next day, one of the other gals comes up, a friend of his and says, uh, Robert says that he made his face change for you too and he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about and he just was too freaked out to talk about it and the the weekend goes on uh, for spring break and you know they're they're going about their business, but Nick just could not let this go. so he goes and rummages through some of Robert's things because on top of the face change thing he said that Robert was, excruciatingly polite and well-spoken, like he was from another time, and um, he never saw him eat or drink, so he was compelled to go through his things. So he patted down his, his uh, you know, pants, obviously Robert had, whether he was actually sleeping or not, who knows, if we're, you know, if you gather my drift, but he had, uh, you know, went through his pants and found n- no wallet, no anything else that might be in a regular pair of a man's pants but he did find a little black book that was filled with nothing but names no numbers no addresses just hundreds and hundreds of names so uh you know the weekend goes on pretty much nothing else weird happens but To this day, Nick says, and this was years later that he had come on my show after this had happened, and he said he thinks about Robert all the time, and that Robert, during the trip, had brought up the fact that, oh, it's so strange that you have never met anyone like me, and I am not a proponent or a big fan of EVPs, which, if no one knows what that is, or... Anyone listening doesn't know it's called electronic voice phenomena, which can happen uh, anytime you can be on the phone, you can be out ghost hunting and looking for them, or you can be recording a podcast and sometimes they can uh, dribble in obviously and I'm not a big fan of them. But very strangely, during this episode, at the very time that I was asking what Nick thought Robert was or who he was. What was this thing? What do you think was going on? In between my speaking and Nick speaking, you can hear something go, vampire. Just like that. Oh, it, it was the creepiest, thing. and I didn't even catch it. I didn't even catch it. This was, I mean, talking once it aired on Thursday night, By the time I woke up Friday morning, I had multiple, multiple messages and emails going, go, go to 38 minutes, 22 seconds. You have to go hear this. Something is saying vampires. It was insane. And I I don't like EVPs. I'm not a fan of them because they're highly suggestive, right? Mm -hmm. But in this case, and I've I've looped it. I'm trying to figure out what in the actual world is going on Uh, at the very time. That Nick had kind of mentioned that uh Robert was hinting this is what he was this this thing comes over and, and this is mind you, after audacity's noise removal, uh which people that don't know when you're a podcaster you you try to clean your podcast up, you go into audacity or another editing software, and you take out some of the noise and you can that's take the notes, Jason. Okay. <laughs> taking
1: notes, Jason. Yep.
3: No, Jason.
1: It's <laughs> called leveling.
4: <laughs> the
3: old leveler. <laughs> the kind of leveler.
4: Comfortable with that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: the old leveler. To... You can't beat the leveler, man. Yeah, so that was that. still to this day, really, that's the only thing that I'll ever say, EVP wise, that ever got me really, really excited. So, so that was. Stan, so we're
0: putting funny. you on the spot. What yeah. episode of End of the Fray is that?
3: Oh, um, okay. I'm the worst with this. Hold on. I haven't... It. it is on the spot because it, that is like the worst thing. Because
0: I guarantee you, every one of our listeners is going to go to that I episode know, to see I it vampire.
3: We're so right. But
0: I but <laughs> I do know now why uh, you got
2: a personalized license plate that says TJ185. <laughs> your episode number on into the Friday. <laughs> the judge...
3: i i mean if that was true boy would that be flattering right okay so no robert (laughs) is episode 158 um that and just because honestly nick nick to this day says i i really believe that robert is out there somewhere and i'm wondering if he you know looks in on me or follows me and many a times when i bring up robert i say if you're out there i would love to talk to you um
2: oh, and careful what you wish for
3: i know That's right. i oh, know geez. we hear it all the time whether it be a cryptid <sighs> experience or a paranormal experience but that was probably <clears throat> one of the ones that uh and it wasn't just because of the evp that there's something so interesting about
0: the guy changed his That's face. Being around, yeah. Being, a, yeah, being yeah, a, yeah. And he did it for
3: first, for two, at least two people.
2: At first, when you started telling that story about these kids on spring break and this weird guy showing up, I thought it was a whole nother judge episode. Ah. <laughs> showed up at spring break. Because Something that he this,
3: probably deals with weekly, right? Like, I mean, well, you know. No,
2: I thought he was the guy because he, him, and the guy who he jumped in the pool, they had. They have a couple good spring break stories, but yes, that's sir. a whole other
0: okay.
3: podcast. I'll bet. Hey, Judge, you're welcome back on any time to tell those yeah. stories.
0: <laughs> uh, Injured to well, so after what, the you,
3: dark? I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah, when you told that, when you first said that, my first thought was, any, anybody out there's that's a Game of Thrones junkie like I was, you have the mini face god from uh, Game of Thrones where you could change your face to whatever it was. I was like, oh, my gosh.
2: It's well, a Game of Thrones reference. It's funny you say, like, the, the EVP thing is, uh, Jay... Jason, uh, do you remember me telling you that uh, we had a, one of our listeners, Marion, is a is a diehard listener, and she sent me a message. And she, we recently had a, a group on uh, the Ghost Sisters. They're a paranormal group, um, and they had gone down and investigated this shrine, this Shinto shrine. Um, you know, it's crazy stuff. Crazy stuff, and uh, and we had the guy that runs the Shin, the, the caretaker on. And so, and then they went down and investigated this place and were giving us an update. So, you know, Jason, and I spoke to him one night and put the episode out and Marion sends me a message. She goes, Hey, when you guys were talking to, when the one ghost sister, Mandy was talking, did you guys notice the girl laughing in the background? Mm. And I, I didn't, I didn't notice. And she goes, Oh yeah. She told me exact. I think she. Kind of told me exactly where it was, so I, so I got a hold of of Mandy of the Ghost Sisters and said, "Hey, did you, when you guys were on the phone, was there other people there?" And she goes, "No, I need to go listen to it." So she went back and listened to it. She goes, "Oh my God, there's a voice on there that I never heard, Jason never heard. Um, I didn't even hear it when I listened to the episode the right. first time, and." And Mandy's like, yeah, there's a voice on there, and it's none of us. And it was just a girl giggling.
3: And that's what's so crazy. You don't, you don't yeah. hear it at the time. We didn't hear anything no. at the time at all. And, and not to add any extra editing, or even even if you just wanted to put it into show notes and not cut it into the show. But if you guys are interested, I could of course send you uh, a couple files that I made of just trying to isolate that and everything. So uh, if, if you wanted, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, that that'll be great now that we have to walk out to our cars after this episode in the dark. <laughs> yeah, have fun.
3: <laughs> if you meet Robert before me, I'll be real upset.
0: That's ah, a creepy I'll story. pass on meeting That's Robert. Creepy. That's creepy. I, I mean, I don't rather... know.
3: Wouldn't you uh, judge? Wouldn't you want to meet Robert before you saw the dog man again?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced. Yeah, but I do, but but here's here's my question about Robert. Who are the names in his book? And
2: that blood. was
4: that and what was they my symbolize? big question. I mean, you
0: know, yeah. he is he is drained,
2: or... and, and and even more eerie is him ass being surprised he hadn't met anybody like himself. Right. Yeah. Meaning, alluding to the fact that there's more. That there's more of these right. guys creeping around.
3: Yeah, so, he's like, you haven't met anyone like me before. I mean, oh who says stuff like that? That's yeah. very very
2: odd. Yeah. So so I do want to ask then, and and is all the stories all the all the stuff that you've heard and been exposed is there one cryptid that you cannot really wrap your arms around and and believe that such a thing would exist such a thing would exist
3: hmm good question no I don't think so because after what I've seen personally yeah it wasn't a Per se, I guess, you know, I mean, who knows what they were, but I can't scoff at anything really anymore. (laughs) Um, I really can't Uh, after the, and you know what, judge, you're one of the ones that I, I bring up a lot of times because I think that people do have a hard time with dog man. I mean, I have as well at certain points, I'm going kind of, you know, it's such a, just a strange thing to be running around this planet. It's something like a dog man, right? Right. But but after talking to you and talking to these other people that have these, you know, they see like a, basically what you think of as a leprechaun or a troll like in the woods yeah. or, you know, things that you go, what in the actual heck it is – no, that can't be a real thing. But when you talk to the person that had that experience – it changes your mind like you believe them they they saw that thing they know they saw that thing and you can't just you you cannot change their minds about it and um after talking to you and others like you um no i would have to say honest honestly there is nothing that i can't wrap my mind around because i think that kind of anything is possible and i'm sure that my own experiences helped me to be in that category
0: well, I go back to the I, I go back to the old adage, if if what I saw is real, what else is real? Right. You know, you can't you can't say, Well, I, I believe that Bigfoot's real because I had an experience and that's why I think it's real, but I don't believe there's a dog man because I don't believe your experience. You know, it's kinda of disingenuous. And so I can't really I mean, there's there's I mean right close to jason there's was it charles mills lake jason is that what's over millions up? yeah yeah there's 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 something called the mills lake monster that back in the was the 50s or whatever somebody saw and the way they described it was something cartoonish and i'm like yeah it doesn't sound but at the same time people saw it and if people saw it and more than one person saw it who am I to say that that can't be and real? You, and you
2: don't know their frame of reference, right?
0: Correct. i don't know the yeah. frame of reference. Yeah. Do either. you
3: mind just really quickly glancing over the the description of that?
0: Sure, real quick. This is something I've read. Give me one second.
4: Look Because that,
3: that is interesting to for people to, you know, more than one go. Oh, it was really like it was that out of the box. But that's yeah,
0: how they it was like it, right? um, I could if in my memory serves Correctly it, it they described didn't have legs or arms. Mm. Let me double check.
3: Oh gosh. Yeah,
0: it okay. was yeah, that was
3: that's like on the no list it's already. Like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's nightmare fuel right there.
0: Yeah, nineteen fifty nine, Charles Millick. nineteen fifty nine, three young men from Ohio claimed to have had a face to face encounter with one of the most bizarre critters ever to emerge from seaweed strewn lake bed. An encounter so brief and perplexing that even most cryptozoologists don't know what to make of it. Uh, trying to get down to where, because keep in mind that's close. Also, you get into Loveland Frogman. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Charles Mills Lake's about a hundred miles away from Loveland, is what it says. Uh, let's get to. Okay, come on, let's get. Th- okay, flat out uh, the weirdest. Okay, they claim to have run in with one of the flat-out weirdest varmints that anyone has ever chronicled, at least in Ohio. The youths men testified they were cavorting near Ruggles Road, blah, blah, blah. Okay, they saw a strange seven-foot-tall being rise up from the black water in front of them. Yeah, they said it was armless. It was humanoid. They later would describe the beast as being a huge armless humanoid with luminous green eyes, large webbed feet. Mm. Needless to say the teens wasted no time in exiting the scene and were swift to report their unusual encounter. They went right to the cops. Um, oh. But I think there was other... And then in 1972, I think there there were other sightings of this thing, but it was an armless creature. And so it's like, eh, you know. So
3: it's it's basically like Mothman with its wings tucked back, right? Like just...
1: Mm. Uh, that's a good mm. way of idea. putting it. boy
3: that that's no that that's uh not to diminish that at all uh that is just so interesting. i I had not heard of that thing yet,
0: yeah, and then it was there was later didn't and another didn't site Ken in, gerhardt tell us
2: that when he was isn't that why he went over to Mans, when he was in his band and they were playing in mansfield they went out there to to kind of investigate that sighting you know many years later and then he ended up seeing a ufo yeah
0: so yeah. but, but mm. also <laughs> yeah. not far from there there's another creature called murphy's the murphy's Board mud monster that almost same identical description
1: and, and i've was, never heard of that one by... <laughs> and yeah. it makes you wonder if it's the same creature or not well Man. i think they're alluding yeah. to this
0: article because both of them were described as armless with glowing eyes, so there you go.
3: And yeah. coming out of the lake, the mud monster. The I like that. The mud that. monster
0: was came. Out, I think the mud monster came out of a sewage, like a, a, oh. se- a drainage sewage thing. It would. They people saw yeah. that thing crawl out of there. So now, so now the listen.
3: If that's a person, they are very dedicated to their their dark <laughs> to crap. their smokes!
2: Trust me. Holy
0: smoke. Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. <laughs> yeah. No. So I mean, look. Yeah. I guess you could say, hey, listen, I'm gonna scare these teenage kids. I'm gonna oh. come up out of the lake in this silly costume.
3: He's like, what? Be, it's my lunch break.
0: Yeah. Uh, but but to crawl out of a drain, a like sewage drain. Dang.
3: Yeah,
2: but but Shannon, I think I think the more. You know, your answer to that question, we, the longer that we have done this and the stuff that each of us have experienced on our own, I, I think we probably are right there with you that you can't really discount anything. Yeah. You know, how can you?
0: Well, and then that's why we started this yeah. this podcast in the first place. And We called it From the Shadows because we want people who are listeners to not be afraid to share their stories and and be roasted like I would have been when I was 16. We want somebody who may have experienced something like the Charles Mill Lake monster to have the, the courage to call us up and say, "Hey, this is what I saw." And we're not going to say, "Are you kidding me?" You know what I mean? No, that that would no. defeat the whole purpose of our you know. No, we do like to,
2: No, we do like to have fun. We do. Because you know, even 30 some years later after what the judge saw, you can't you can't Take it so serious to the point where you can't sleep at night. We do have to kind of, you know. I still take it pretty serious.
0: Have a little. <laughs> oh, yeah, I take it <laughs> know, I, I, say, I tell this is I'm not joking. He
3: runs no. shirtless nowhere. Okay. No,
0: yes. First, yeah. Been, He's yeah. no Jay Cutler. No. Been, <laughs> anyway. anyway. <laughs> but yeah. the truth is, when I when literally yeah. when I walk outside, like at my yeah. house, if I walk outside and it's dark there's always this part of me that's what is standing around the corner of the house looking, what is you know lurking in, in the name of our pockets, in the shadows, from the shadows, what's out there. So it has always had that impact on me. Yeah.
3: See, and that exactly right there is why I think it is so important that people come forward and they tell their stories. And it's important for us as hosts to realize that, Yes, it is so difficult for people to come forward because it, I know it was for me. The first time I told my story on um, on any show, I was like sweating and um, I'm having to, you know, I, I swallow, my mouth is dry. And even, even though I knew the story very well, I hadn't said it out loud in nearly 30 years. So when you say that even to this day, it's dark it's ingrained in you it's like a ptsd situation um you cannot tell me that people that that have that feeling still to this day did not encounter something they did just like robert in salt fork and you in in ohio all those years ago with dog man uh you you cannot tell me that you folks didn't see something it is real these Mm -hmm. things are out there
1: exactly Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah
2: because um uh, it, there's no benefit no, for people to come forward and, no. and really say that. I mean, because I mean, you can get publicity other ways nowadays.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> you mean... You know, you it, don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the interesting thing is, like I've seen other shows like Monsters in America and things like that, and I have noticed people are telling stories from when they were teenagers, and they, they have a similar story that I do. It's, well, I didn't tell anybody because... Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be shamed. I didn't want to be made fun of and that people, you know, laugh at me and be the, you know, the town kook. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I I appreciate, you know, all the podcasters out there like Wes and Shannon who, you know, Paranormal Road, who are giving people the form by which they can share their stories in a safe manner where they're not going to be ridiculed or basically shamed or like, oh yeah, sure, that really happened But
3: also how important is it for people like you to come forward and actually share your story and have the balls to do that because it does take the stones to do so.
0: Yes there are especially me. I mean in my position, you know, my brother who's also a judge said, dude, you really want to go tell people this story? I mean you're you know, you're an elected official. Do you really want to and I told him, I said, I think it's important for me to tell the story because, yeah, I have something to lose. You know, I'm an elected right. official. People could listen to this and say, dude, this is the, really the guy we want to be the judge in our county. So if I have the courage to come forward when I'm someone that actually has something to lose by telling the story, I think it, it, I'm hoping that it would inspire people out there to come forward and tell their stories. And we always say at the end of our podcast, at least we try to, if there's anybody out there that has a story and they want to share it, Get a hold of us, even if you don't want to come on the podcast. If yeah. you just want someone to tell your story to, yeah, a lot, uh, of, a lot of a lot of people
2: from the community when we first started, I got messages from people um, who I you ne- never in a million years thought they saw a ghost, a UFO, or yeah, you know anything had some that had some paranormal experience, and they all and they all there were people I knew, and a lot of them were parents of people that I grew up with, and you would have never, if you, you know, had to make out a list who do you think is going to tell you a ghost story first, they would never have been on the list because, you know, they were, you know, and, and 30 okay. years ago, they would have never admitted, Oh, was, never admitted. And, they, and they're just, they've, they've all come out and said, Hey, I, I don't want to come on the podcast, but I do, I do hear what you guys are doing and we appreciate it. And I just want to tell you my story. And it's fine. I mean, if that helps them out. I mean, I can't really do anything but listen. You know, there's nothing I can do to change their story or anything like that. But we know then that they are listening every week to hear other stories similar to theirs. Right. And it kind of gives them comfort
0: that there are other Hey, people. I'm not the only one yeah, out I'm there. Not the only and one I'm not crazy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and honestly, it, when you get down to it, when I started, I think at the base of I- any of this stuff is that you don't want to be alone, you know. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that is the, the driving force is that I keep hearing people, whether it, and it has nothing sometimes to do with yeah. a shadow in the, in the corner of your room or a shadow in the forest like mine. It's just people that have things that they cannot explain, and I sure as heck cannot explain my experience. So to provide a place for people to do so is is really a good uh, a good experience and it's why I do it. It's not because I think I'm so incredible and I'm a great interviewer. I don't think that at all. I just I try to lend a, an ear and I think that after having my own experience that I I can I can be empathetic to people and understand where they're coming from.
0: You know, I'd be interested if we went back in time 35 years ago and had you know a room full of hundred people. Cross section of communities and said, Who would admit to? Who in here would raise your hand if you've had either a ghost experience, a Bigfoot experience, something that you couldn't explain, it scared you? You know, raise your hand. I bet you get very few people raise your hand. If you ask those same people today, if you did a cross section, I would be willing to bet 90% of the people in this country have experienced something at one time in their life that spooked them that they couldn't explain. And to this day, it's a story that either they've told or they'd like to tell. I would bet 90% of the people have the, be- the
2: best is the people who tell you a story and they say, well, I'm a skeptic, but... and they tell you this like great story. <laughs> you're like, and you're still a skeptic. Like, yeah. And, you, know, I, like, I you
3: didn't know need a be- diaper on that yeah. day. I mean, what's,
2: what- <laughs> what's it going to take to convince you to not be a skeptic? So. Uh, yeah. But, uh, well, Shannon, we uh, we've kept you long enough, but uh, we really appreciate you um, spending some time with us and telling us some really good stories. Oh, and I
0: and I guarantee, I'll go listen to
2: number one fifty-eight. One fifty-eight. I'm doing one eight five.
0: One eight five. No, no. Oh, are you talking about Robert? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're you're one eight
3: five. Yeah. Which one's
0: Robert? Robert's one fifty eight. Oh, so yes, Robert is one
3: five eight. I'm sorry. Oh, don't like
2: you don't know. I mean, <laughs> discussed your personalized license plate. <laughs> I
0: mean,
3: and it's kind of weird though. I didn't plan is. that at all.
0: It is. Um, but, I didn't actually but, think but,
3: about that before. Just now,
0: yeah. So,
2: so before we we let you go, tell all of our fans all. Thirty or forty of them. Um, how, oh,
3: they can, how they can,
2: how uh, they can, where they can find your podcast, where they can buy your books, um, the books that you uh, help publish, like your publishing arm, like where where they can find everything they need to find out about you.
3: Absolutely. So, uh, home base for Into the Fray is the website intothefrayradio.com. Of course, all the podcatchers. Um, and iHeartRadio, Spotify. I also publish on YouTube. And um, of course, the books are on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audiobook. And then beyondthefraypublishing.com is where you can find, you know, we, we've been publishing books for like King Gerhard. And we've got Dave Schrader coming up. We've got Hauntings and Histories in Ireland. So uh, all kinds of interesting things going on there. But um yeah, and you guys can always contact me anybody on Facebook, Twitter, or uh, or Instagram. But thank you guys so much for having me on tonight. It's been a blast.
2: Yeah, it's been a it's been a lot of fun. I mean Oh, it's a
0: great time. Yeah. Good
2: story. So very interesting story, My goodness. Shannon. very
0: interesting.
2: It is it is really late, but tomorrow while I'm on the mail route, I'll be listening to episode one fifty eight of Into the let, let me know
3: what you guys think about that. And if you want, I will send those extra files to you. But, yeah, I, w- I would be interested to hear you guys uh, after hearing Nick actually. Yeah, I'm actually sure our, our listeners
2: that. would want to hear it. And if any of our listeners know how to get a hold of Jay Cutler, I'm <laughs> going to be working all my angles that I, you know, and some of I my you contacts. I bet some
3: connections,
2: yeah. I, and, and we'll see what we can come up with to, uh, you know. Make that uh, make him make, on the show. Make him guess two fifty nine. <laughs>
3: Maybe we could have him pose next to a dog man and see who's actually buffer. You know, because you hear them quite uh, quite cut and mm-hmm. and built and
2: <clears throat> yeah. And... Well, Jason, this is where when you when you finish the the Barry White starts playing. Okay, <laughs> got that.
3: <laughs> we got the drop in there
0: there you go hey Shannon thanks again and thank uh, we encourage our listeners go check out Into the Fray yes
2: yes we do so
0: have a good night and we will uh, talk to you later
2: yeah thank, thank you Shannon so yeah,
1: yeah, bye. bye bye thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast until next time never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out.